Woo. Man, man, oh man. Am I lucky? I am lucky. Yo, welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Isaiah Kid Podcast. Welcome back. I am doing good. How about how's everybody doing out there? I'm doing fine. I'm doing well. I hope you guys are doing the same. I'm your humble and highly favorite host, Isaiah Kit of the Isaiah Kit Podcast. And as I already mentioned on the on the, on the off the previous episode, we're coming back to back. And I wished on the last episode, at the end of the last episode, I said, hey. Hopefully, we have some big-time free agent signings. Hopefully, you know, some trades maybe. And I come back to a full slate this week. I'm ready. I'm ready. I come back to a full slate this week, locked and loaded. Um, And boy, oh, boy. So, obviously, Drew Brees, the all-time great quarterback, the NFL's all-time passing leader. So, you know. For now, he retired. Drew Brees retired after 20 seasons in the NFL, 15 seasons most notably with the New Orleans Saints, his first five with with the San Diego Chargers, excuse me. So we're going to get – we got a lot to get into. The Patriots are making moves. Belichick spending – Belichick is spending his stimulus check (laughs) on free agents. And he's doing a hell of a job at it. So I know a lot of people want me to talk about New England and get to New England and the signings of the Patriots. And what do I think this means? Um, And it was also good timing. Can you guys please give me my flowers? Give me my flowers on my timing. Was my timing on Cam Newton not impeccable? My timing was on point. My time was my timing was on point. Last week, the Patriots made some airwaves because they re-signed Cam Newton to a one-year deal. As you guys all know, if you did not, if you did not know, um, you can get my thoughts on the previous episode about how I felt about Cam Newton. But if you don't want to go back, I'll just be generous enough. <laughs> I'll be generous enough and give you the content on this episode. Sheesh. But all jokes aside, um, Cam Newton, he got resigned. And I I I I I heard a lot of criticism. And I'm a, and you guys all know, if you're a regular listener to the pod, you guys all know that I am not I'm not a huge Cam Newton guy. I, I'm 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 really not a huge Cam Newton guy. But I I, I supported it because I'm like year two. You know, defense is going to be pretty good. You got a great coaching staff. I, I would, I would suppose that New England and Bill Belichick are going to go out and get weapons. <laughs> and Lord and behold, Bill Belichick did that exact thing. Bill Belichick pulled up in a bink, in a Brinks truck. Bill Belichick unloaded, unloaded, just an amount of, uh, just an amount of cash. Like I said. He is spending his stimulus check the right way. Um, so let's go with New England. Let's let's just get into it. Let's go over the Patriots' signings. They're notable signings. They signed Nelson Aguilar to a two-year deal, twenty-six million dollars. Pretty good receiver. He had a he had a bounce back year last year with the Raiders. 
Kendrick Bourne, another receiver for a three-year deal, $22.5 million. Um, Hunter Henry, a really good tight end. He does struggle to stay healthy, but a really good tight end in, in Hunter Henry. Uh, he got a three-year deal. Uh, Janu Smith, uh, New, excuse me, Janu Smith of the Tennessee Titans, uh, formerly, now with the New England Patriots, he signed a four-year, fifty million dollar deal. Uh, they also they also signed a, a D tackle. They also got a great pass, a good, a really good pass rusher in Matthew Judon for a four-year deal, and also Jalen Mills, a defensive back, for another four-year deal. And the Patriots, this. And it's not just that Bill Belichick is going out and making moves because everybody is going crazy on Twitter. Hey, I even threw a joke out there or two. I'm like, Bill Belichick is just he he's driving around the town with a Brinks truck. So he's he, he's he's pulling out all the stocks and he's just just unloading cash. He's just unloading an amount of cash. And let's get into it. And it's not just that Belichick is in the Patriots are just signing guys. They're not just signing guys, but these these signings aren't reaches. I don't feel like they're reaching with these signings. I feel like these are these are these are some free agent signings that New England finance that it, it, it financially benefits New England. Um, none of these guys are huge superstar type players. Um, you got some. I mean, Matthew Judon's pretty good. Like I said, Matthew Judon's pretty good. Hunter Henry's really good. These are all B B plus caliber players. They're not A caliber players, but they're all B B plus caliber players. They fit New England's scheme. Some of them, um, like like I said, Matthew Judon. Some of that, you know, Matthew Judon. I think will fit perfectly um, with the New England defense. I'm looking at the receiving core, and I'm looking at the two tight ends that the, that New England added. Belichick, at, he he Belichick realized he understood and he knew that hey, last year in the draft we moved up to get two tight ends. It didn't work out. We're gonna go out in free agency. We have money, and we're gonna go out and spend and get two really good tight ends. Um, and it, it remind it remind and you guys, you guys are probably mem- remember. But it reminds me of when New England had Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez. Uh, they, you know, that two, the you know, the late Aaron Hernandez. Uh, they had the the two they used to run that two tight end formation, two tight end set, and it was it was one of the most unguardable things in the league. And it seems like New England's going to get New England is going to get back to that level of playing, that style of play, which I like. So it's these are not these are these deals are not reaching. These deals they don't feel like complete reaches. These deals feel very team friendly, um, financially friendly towards the Patriots. It's not a lot of it's not a lot of guaranteed dollars, and the guaranteed dollars that you see in, in a lot of these contracts are 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 just guaranteed dollars that's going to be paid more so in the front end. And not and and not on the back end, like these are very these are some team friendly contracts, um, tradable if necessary. These are some really good contracts. And the Patriots, once again, I think Bill Belichick. Let's give some credit to him. Let's give let's give Bill Belichick some credit, uh, or I should say props. We don't give credit on the IK on the IKP. 
We're not we're not Navy Federal. We're not we're not we're not Bank of America. Okay, I don't give credit, but I am going to give Bill Belichick some props because I have bashed him over the last couple over the last over the last year. I have bashed him as far as his as far as his past drafts, and New England just has not drafted offense well. They just haven't. Okay, they haven't. They haven't drafted skilled positions well. And I think with Belichick going out and spending money, spending money, excuse me, um, at the receiver position, at the tight end position, it's showing me that, hey, the Patriots and Belichick, they're realizing that they made a mistake. Um, they've made they, you know, they made some mistakes with their draft picks. They're gonna go out and sign guys. And it just seems like and then and I don't know, you guys tell me, <laughs> am I tripping? But it just seems like New England is doing a is doing a total three sixty. As far as New England is, I don't know. They're not the only team making moves, but New England has by far made the most moves this offseason. And you see teams around the league trying to clear out salary space because the, the because the salary cap went down. So they're so teams are trying to left and right are trying to figure out ways and trying to you know manipulate contracts to lower their salary and to and to get some type of flexibility in their salary cap. That New England hasn't hasn't had to do that. New England has been spending money. They've been big balling. <laughs> Simple as that. They've been big balling, and these deals don't like I said. These deals don't feel like reaches. And at this moment. I told you guys, I thought New England, I told you guys this last week, New England last week to me felt like a 9-10 to 10 win team. With these acquisitions, especially at the skills positions, because we all know that New England had one of the worst skills position players in the league. Like, their skills position positions last year in New England were horrible. They were just, I'm sorry, but they were just horrible. This year, it's not like it's a massive upgrade, but they feel like they're in the top half of the league as far as field, as far as skill position players in personnel. They feel like they're in the top half of the league. And once again, I reiterate, I think New England, they are a playoff team. They look like a playoff team. Now, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go as far as a Super Bowl team yet, but they look like a playoff team. They look like a team that can win 10 games. Simple as that. They look like they look like they can win 10 games. Um, I, I've gone over what their division looks like. Their division is still very questionable. You have the Jets, who are the miserable Jets. Sorry. Um, the Dolphins. I, I like the Dolphins as much as I like Brian Flores and the upside that you know that Miami has. You know, there's still some question marks that Miami has to that you know, Miami has to answer. And then the, the the Buffalo Bills, they're great. They're a good team. They had a great season last year. Josh Allen had a great year. He had an MVP caliber year. But I, I got I want you know, I want to see more consistency from the Bills. Um I want you know, I want to see them do it again. So, it's still a very attainable, winnable division for the Patriots. And like I said, even, they don't have to necessarily win the division. But at this point, the Patriots do feel like a playoff team. They feel like a playoff team. 
especially with the acquisitions that they have made in their skill positions personnel. They feel like a playoff team. Um, and, and, and before I move on to Drew Brees and his retirement, once again, once again, what did I tell you about teams that are aggressive? The Patriots are aggressive. They're going out and signing guys that fit their scheme. They're not just reaching. But this is what aggressiveness gets you. The teams that are, the teams that are aggressive usually end up winning. Just I, 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 I always preach it. Bell, be, um, be, I always preach it. The teams that make moves that 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 are not afraid to be aggressive in free agency in the draft and in dr- trading picks, those are the teams that win. Those are the teams that win, and that's why I applaud New England and Bill Belichick for being aggressive. Hmm. I think Danny Ainge could really take some notes and take. I think I think Danny Ainge could really take some notes. I think Danny Ainge could really really take some notes. And stop being so frugal with picks and money. Um, or, or, or rather, stop being so frugal with picks and assets. Because once again, New England, this this is another example where, and I think these signs is going to work out. I think these signs are going to work out and it's going to help New England in the long run. But once again, New England, I think these signs are going to work. And if they do end up panning out, this would be another example of aggressiveness winning in sports because i mean and let's be honest New England looks like a 10-win team they look like a 10-win team that's going to make the playoffs and could win a playoff game not i don't know about super bowl but they look like a playoff team now and that's due to their aggressiveness and free agency because they realize hey we don't draft well okay so as mentioned uh and i'm gonna have more i'm gonna talk about the patriots a little bit more throughout the episode but like i said it's a lot to touch it's a lot to touch bases on um on this wednesday episode i uh march madness is crazy uh, i got a couple of uh, i got a couple a, a few friends quite a few friends who are playing in the tournament so that should be fun to watch march madness um i'm trying to figure out what i'm gonna do uh georgetown I must say, I'm sorry. This is this is just the homer in me. But Georgetown had a absolutely awesome tournament run. Their tournament that 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 whole winning streak that they went on in the Big East tournament was absolutely phenomenal. So, and like I said, maybe that's just the homer in me. Maybe that's just the homer in me. But I absolutely love what I saw from uh, Georgetown. And, uh, you know, (laughs) could they be a Final Four or an Elite Eight dark horse? Possibly. I think so. I really do think so. But Drew Brees, as as I mentioned already, Drew Brees retired. And he retired this earlier this week. And I thought I should touch bases on it. Uh, Drew Brees, all-time great quarterback. Probably, Drew Brees is probably probably the greatest free agent signing ever. Um, if you think about it, like there's been some great free agent signings in the NFL. Um, but Brees, the impact that he has on New Orleans, it's like he it feels he feels like he feels like 
New Orleans a bit. But I just, I, you know, this is the thing. And I'm I'm kind of, I've, I've fallen victim to it as well. But after, you know, when Breeze announced his retirement, of course, people already started talking about where does he rank among all-time great quarterbacks. And I, I, I and, and like I said, I, I fall victim to it a lot because I feel like these type of conversations, these all time and, you know, rankings and so forth. I think it's fun. I think it's cool. Some people don't like it because, it, you know, some people think it takes away from the player's career and it diminishes what they have accomplished. And I don't necessarily think so. I think if you keep it all in the right aspect, I think I don't think it diminishes a player's accomplishments or a career but I do I do think not we don't have the conversation too much but like come on was that the first thing you could have came up with I mean I'm just looking at these the notable records that Jubilee's own I mean I'm sure he owns some other you know some other outlandish records that, you know, people with the average person really wouldn't care about. But let's look at the notable records that Drew Brees has possession of as of right now, because Tom Brady is, uh, Tom Brady is not looking to stop. But Brees has the most passing yards in a career, the most, the most career completions, the, the, the highest career completion percentage, Games with three or three or more touchdowns, games with four more touchdowns, game with games with five or more touchdowns, single season leader in passing yards seven times, seasons with thousand five thousand passing yards. He did that five times. That's the most. No other quarterback has did it more than once. Games with three hundred pass three hundred plus passing yards. Games with four hundred plus passing yards. Single season completion percentage. Single season completions. So those are a lot of records that he has. Those are a lot of records that Jubilee owns. Those are like some of the. Those are like some of the the, the notable ones. I, I, there, I'm sure there's some you know some miscellaneous stats out there you can find that the stats the stat nerds would be able to find. Like oh my god, look at this you know this Jubilee's record. But I just feel like Breeze. Breeze is probably Breeze is Breeze probably has the best comeback story, the best comeback career type of story um in in league history. He's arguably the best NFL free agent signing. If you think about if you think and I want to touch more on that. If you think about the the first the hardships that Breeze himself had to go through. Like if you don't know, Breeze had the serious shoulders um injury where i mean some you know some doctors didn't even think he'd be the same uh then we all know he failed his physical at my you know with the miami dolphins so that end up he ended up going to new orleans because he felt he failed his physical with the miami dolphins nick saban gets fired and basically, Nick Saban goes to Alabama, <laughs> and the rest is history. And then, Drew Brees goes to New Orleans Saints, and the rest is history. And also, when joining the Saints, the city of New Orleans, the you know the state of Louisiana, was hit with Hurricane Katrina. Obviously, most people will know 
uh, the severity behind Hurricane Katrina and what it, what it had did to the city. Um, and Drew Brees has just been a pillar of the community. And, I'm, and I, you know, he's had his shortcomings, of course, but who hasn't had the shortcomings in his life? So, I mean, Breeze, Breeze is, he kind of feels like the New Orleans Saints. Because prior to the New Orleans Saints, the Saints were a, a, a bad franchise. Let's just put it like that. Sorry, Archie Manny. I know Archie Manny played for them in the 70s and 80s and so forth. But prior to Drew Brees, they were a bad franchise. And not they were not from, you know, they weren't like, we like the Saints, since Drew Brees has been there, we look at the Saints as a perennial playoff team, and we look at them as a team that's re- that's well ran. But prior to Drew Brees' arrival, the Saints were like in the same class uh, of like of the Detroit Lions. They were in that same bracket as far as just NFL stupidity and just NFL, just a mockery. People just ran amok of New Orleans. And Drew Brees has definitely uh, heightened that franchise and, you know, what it is today. You know, because like I said, we look at the Saints as a Super Bowl playoff perennial type of team because of Drew Brees. I mean, (laughs) simple as that, because of Drew Brees. So, and it's just so funny because Things, you know, things come full circle and they all work out together because if Breeze does not fail his physical in Miami and he stays with the Miami Dolphins, he would have never got to he would have never got to New Orleans. Nick Saban would have never. Oh, well, I'm not going to say he would have never went to Alabama. But if Drew Breeze was in Miami, I mean, it's kind of hard to imagine that Nick Saban would get fired after two and a half seasons, you know? Um, so, you know, Saban did not last long in Miami. Drew Brees did not last long in Miami. That led to Drew Brees going to New Orleans, winning a Super Bowl 2009. And then you go back and look at Nick Saban. Nick Saban <laughs> goes to Alabama and creates the greatest college football dynasty ever. Like, <laughs> for Things really come full circle. Things really, things really become full circle with how just how things work out. And and Breeze, his stats very very small in stature. Um, and, and and nowadays we don't even we don't even think about that with quarterbacks because we have in, in today's game. We have quarterbacks that's all different types of sizes. We got Justin, we got Justin Herbert, who stands at 6'6, 230. We got Kyler Murray, who I mean, really, I, I think he's like 5'10, maybe. 5'10, maybe, but he may be even shorter than that. You got guys like Russell Wilson, who's 5'11, you know, Brady 6'4, you know, Lamar 6'2, but can run around. And like there's, you know, the the quarterbacks, they come in all shapes and sizes nowadays. Nowadays. And the league is the league has fully adapted and fully accepted it. But you gotta remember when Breeze was entering into the league um in the early two thousands, a small quarterback, a, a quarterback of his stature 
that that wasn't the prototypical guy that most teams and most GMs wanted. Like most GMs back there want wanted, you know, they wanted the Peyton Manning look, the six four, tall quarterback, pocket guy, can throw it, can sling it, you know. That's that's that was what GMs and teams were looking for back in the early two thousands and even, you know, you can go further back. Um and Breeze has really revolutionized the position, really. Like for for smaller court, obviously there's been smaller quarterbacks like Doug Flutie that come to mind. But Breeze, with him, with Breeze being so small, and you would think the offensive linemen in front of him are they're, 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 I mean they're giants. For him to be arguably, and I don't I don't even think this is arguably, but because it's it's he has the record, but for him to be the best quarterback as far as accuracy to him, for him to be the most accurate quarterback, but his stature and the offensive line are so it's you know it's so big for him to for him to be the most accurate quarterback in NFL history, it's just remarkable. It's just remarkable. It's remarkable that that's his best trait. And I like I said, I think he's in some form has revolutionized the the the, the position because. You know, with smaller quarterbacks, you look at Russell Wilson, and I think Russell Wilson, in his own way, has revolutionized the position where a smaller quarterback can run around, and you know, you have guys get like Kyler Murray getting drafted, and so you know, they come in all like I said, the quarterback position. They call them, they come in all different shapes, sizes, and proportions <laughs> nowadays. And just twenty twenty five years ago. That really wasn't typical. That wasn't the typical thing that GMs and scouts and the NFL and owners were looking for. Just wasn't. They were looking for the six four, the six three, six four guy with a big arm, stands in the pocket, throw it, so forth. It's funny how the game has changed, and I think Drew Brees has been an integral part towards that. I think he's been a very integral part towards the revolutionize uh, the revolutionizing of the quarterback position and what quarterbacks can look like <laughs> what quarterbacks can look like as far as stature Jubrees has certainly been a big part of that um and I know some people are going to say well what about the list you got to do the list uh I don't know my top 4 this is how I have it my top 4 quarterbacks um, and this would be this is obviously my first tier. It would probably have to be, or well, not probably, this is my list, my top four, but it would be Brady, it would be Brady, Montana, Peyton Manny, and Elway. Like I feel like those are my four. Then my next four or five would probably be guys like Marino, um, Marino, you get you in that in that second tier, you get into that Marino tier, that Terry Bradshaw tier. You get in and then I think that's where you start to mention guys like Aaron Rodgers, Drew, you know, possibly Drew Brees. Yeah, I think that's that's more of the the bottom eight right there. Bottom eight, bottom seven. I only named three guys. Um you know, you get into that Roger Starback. It's 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 so it's so difficult to judge quarterbacks. You also got to think about the older quarterbacks like 
Johnny, Johnny Unitas, uh, Bart Starr, Otto Graham. You got to also think of those type of quarterbacks, you know, because numbers, you can't, you know, you really can't compare the stats because the game was totally different back then. It was played a different style. And, you know, obviously it's more pass heavy now. <laughs> back then it was more run heavy. So you really can't compare stats and so forth. And, you know, the talent always has gotten better at the quarterback position and so forth. Uh, you know, that next tier below that, you have like probably your Aikmans or Aikman. Some probably, some people probably argue that Aikman is on like that second tier. But then you have like guys like Jim Kelly, uh, you know, Jim Kelly, very talented, but didn't win a Super Bowl. You know, you have got you have guys like that in that next tier. Yeah, you have guys like that in that next tier. Okay, so and <laughs> I was talking about quarter, all-time great quarterbacks. I'm going to do a list, and because I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna have more free agency talk um, after I do my list. But I have I came up with a list: top ten NFL free agent signings in the in, in, of all time, all time, top ten free agent signings of all time, in my opinion. I'm going to give you guys my top 10 free agent signings of all time. Um, and I must say, I'm going to have some notable some notable names, like uh, or, or honorable mention, I should say. Doug Williams. I thought about Doug Williams. Doug Williams, he, he I think, yes, I think he was a free agent uh, from the Washington, from the Washington Redskins then. Um, now it's the Washington football team, so I don't want to, you know, Butcher that or mess that up, but he won the Super Bowl with the Washington with the Washington Football Team with the Washington Redskins. Then, but the longevity thing, I thought about the longevity. Uh, but Doug Williams is certainly an honorable mention. I should throw out there uh, Curtis Martin to the Jets. I think is another honorable mention uh, as far as free agent signing. Uh, yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I think. I think those two are some are some ones that ring some bells. Jim Plunkett, uh, Jim Plunkett, yeah, I think Jim Plunkett was an honorable mention as well. But here goes my top ten list. My top ten list. Here it goes. Okay, uh, at number ten, I'm gonna have Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel, uh, linebacker for the New England Patriots. He signed in 2001. He was very much like a he was a he was a vocal leader. He brought a lot of leadership presence. Um, obviously. And, and and get he never he was never like a huge notable name until the Patriots signed him and then they went on to win three super three of the next four Super Bowls in the early two thousands. But like I said, he was a he was a vocal leader, um, great locker room guy, and also productive on the field. At number nine, I'm gonna go with Kurt Warner to the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, the Cardinals, prior to Kirk Warner, the Cardinals were looked upon as a as a okay franchise, not like not anything historic or storied about the Cardinals. But once Arizona signed Kirk Warner in 2005, their fortunes their fortunes changed. They turned into a really good franchise, um, and and we we look at Arizona as a very much competent franchise even to today. They're not they're not like a storied franchise. They don't have a great history. But 
we look at them over the last 20 years and, you know, over the last 10 years, I, I should say the last 10 or 15 years, and they're competent. They're competent. They're, they're in, and that's what Kurt Warner brought. He had some really good seasons. Uh, got them to the Super Bowl. He had some, he had some MVP caliber seasons for sure. So I'm going to go with Kurt Warner at nine. At number eight, um, let's go. I'm going to go Warren Moon to the Houston Oilers in 1984. Warren Moon played uh, in the CFL prior to joining the, the the Houston Oilers. The Houston Oilers were a mess. <laughs> I mean, the the only thing the only the only thing that you can really remember about the Houston Oilers um, prior to Warren Moon was those uniforms <laughs> and those light blue pants and Earl Campbell in his dominance. But other than that, Houston Oilers were just totally just dysfunction. Um, Warren Moon joined the Oilers, turned out to have a Hall of Fame career, Hall of Fame level quarterback. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, they they never won a Super Bowl. They never got to a Super Bowl. They were pretty good. They were pretty competitive, got to the playoffs. Um, you know, could have been could have had some better defenses and so forth, you know, but they yeah, they had a tough they had tough luck versus the Buffalo Bills. Um in that in that playoff comeback vic oh that playoff comeback loss um so but i think warren moon overall a great free agent signing for the houston Oilers. at number seven i'm gonna have to go rod woodson to the baltimore ravens defensive back um he had switch positions rod woodson was a safety when he went to baltimore he turned into a defensive back so that was very risky um, but I think, you know, he joined the Ravens defense in the late 90s, I think 1998. And uh, he really took that defense to the next level, um, propelling them to be to be one of the more dominant defenses um, in the league and ultimately then winning a Super Bowl years later. Uh, so Rod Woodson, great player, great playmaker, a, a ball hawk, um, intercept pick artist type of guy, uh, very similar to Ed Reed. Um, yeah, I think very similar to Ed Reed. Um, but he, he I, like I said, I think the notable thing is he changed his position when he was in Pittsburgh, he was safety, he changed his position and went to defensive back and was still really productive. At number six, I'm going to have to go Charles Woodson to the Green Bay Packers in 2006. Um, Charles Woodson, he got it. I'm gl- great. Congratulations to him. He got inducted to the Hall of Fame this year, or he's getting he you know he's getting inducted into the Hall of Fame this year. Charles Woodson, if you look at the tail, if you look at the years, his years in Green Bay, that was probably his best years. I mean, he was really good in Oakland, but it was the it was Oakland. It was the Raiders. <laughs> it was the Raiders. And um, he he couldn't could, he couldn't really stay healthy, but if you look at his Green Bay years, I mean his Green Bay years were phenomenal. Led the league in, led the league in pick sixes through, throughout those years. He had thirty eight interceptions in six seasons. Uh, he won Defensive Player of the Year, and ultimately he was a part of that defense that propelled the Packers to winning a Super Bowl in two thousand and ten. I, I I I I like Charles Woodson. I don't think his tail end of it, like the back end of his career, usually the back, usually the first half of a player's career is like their greatest years. 
you look at Charles Woodson, his greatest years are in the back end of his careers. And for him to be a defensive back, that, that says a lot. So uh, I think Green Bay, that was one of their better uh, free agent signings. I don't know why they don't do it more, but Charles Woodson at number six. At number five, I'm going to go with Deion Sanders to the Cowboys in 1995. Um, this is probably the most talked about free agent signing of all time with as far as the in, in, as far as within the NFL. It's probably the most talked about. Uh, it's undoubtedly, it's definitely undoubtedly the most the, 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 the most flashiest, the most flashiest signing. In NFL history, I mean, it's it's prime time. Deion Sanders, the bet, the absolute greatest defensive back of all time, signing with the Cowboys. And if you think about it, Deion Sanders could be on here two times. Uh, you know, signed with the 49ers, won them a Super Bowl, but that was only short lived. And then he signed with the Cowboys, 1995, won them a Super Bowl. Uh, he had four four playoff four playoff appearances in his four years in the in Dallas, four Pro Bowls. Three All Pro seasons, uh, fourteen interceptions in his four seasons with Dallas. Uh, I think Dion, <clears throat> like I said, Dion, primetime Dion Sanders, the most, the probably one of the more popular players of all time, um, the f- probably the flashiest player of all time, with the most global and the most notable and talk worthy franchise of all time, and at and 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 the Cowboys at that time were like the team to beat, you know, between the Cowboys and the 49ers. So I think Deion Sanders is a top five free agent signing of all time. At number four, I'm going to go Reggie White to the Green Bay Packers. In his years with the Packers, he had 68 and a half sacks. Um, the minister of defense, he won a Super Bowl with the Packers. Uh, the Packers were very, very competent. Um in his years, they got to uh, they got to a bunch of NFC Championship games. I think they got to two Super Bowls. I th- yeah, I think they got to at least two Super Bowls. They won one of them in 1996. They lost to the Broncos in 1997. Um, so I, I I think this is he was like Reggie White, the Minister of Defense. He was like uh he was he was probably like the first big time free agent signing he was probably like the first big time free agent signing in nfl history um you know if and if you don't know if you don't understand the the nickname uh reggie white was a minister he was a minister and he uh was also a great one of the greatest if not the greatest defensive player ever um so yeah reggie white to the green bay packers the minister of defense uh i think that is certainly top five worthy of free agent signings of all time in in the NFL. At number three, um, maybe you may some people think some people may think this is recency bias, but Tom Brady to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, think about it. The Buccaneers have never had a quarterback. They they like they don't have they never had a franchise quarterback. Like outside of Tom Brady, who's the Buccaneers' greatest quarterback of all time? Who's the who's the who's the who's the who's the, who's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Greatest quarterback in their franchise history. They don't have one. Uh, you know, Brad Johnson won a Super Bowl, but that wasn't because of Brad Johnson. Uh, I mean, they had Doug Williams. Doug Williams was pretty good for, you know, for a, a brief short of time. Uh, they had Steve Young for a half an hour. 
But he he was, you know, Steve Young is notable for his years in San Francisco. So I, I think Brady to the Bucks. this was – the Bucks had the lowest win per, winning percentage out of any North American team. Out of any major North American team, the Buccaneers had the lowest winning percentage. He won a Super Bowl with them in one year, his first year in a pandemic. I think Bray, I, I, some people think may think it's recency bias, but I think Brady at three, I think Brady with the box is pretty high up there. At number two, I would have to have Peyton Manning to the Denver Broncos. Two Super Bowl appearances, uh, a Super Bowl win, obviously. Um, he joined them in 2012. His record with the Broncos, 45-12. and 12. 45 and 12 was his record with the Denver Broncos. I think him being at two is completely understandable. Um, I, I, you know, when t- he won two Super Bowls, those those first few years, they had some explosive record-breaking offenses those years. They put up some big-time numbers. Peyton still had his best. Peyton, Peyton, Peyton won MVP. He won MVP coming off the neck surgeries. I think so. I think Peyton Manning to the Broncos is number two. And then obviously at number one, Drew Brees to the New Orleans Saints in 2006. I think that is the greatest free agent signing in NFL history. Um, I think, yeah, I think Brady, I think Brees to the New Orleans Saints, greatest, I, you know, the, he spent 15 years with the Saints. Uh, the Saints were a complete disaster. They were they were a complete disaster as a franchise. They were they they were not a great franchise. Um, his his overall record there as a, as the Saints quarterback, one hundred and forty two and eighty six. He won a Super Bowl. Uh, I I just in two thousand nine. I just don't know. I just don't know how you can quantify. Uh, you know, there's no. I don't think there's gonna be a better free agent signing than Drew Brees. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, you you think about what he had to overcome in New Orleans, not just with the bad franchise and a terrible franchise, but he became a pillar of community. He he became a part of the New Orleans community, and you know Katrina. So the timing was just perfect. And then you think about what he had to overcome, you know, with his injury, his shoulder injury, and the uncertainty, the uncertainty there. I I just think. Drew Brees, for all of that, I think Drew Brees is the best signing of all time. The best free agent signing of all time. Um, and also, like I said, there's some guy, there's some, there's some players that were not on the list that that were not on this list that you could have made an argument for. Rich Gannon to the Raiders. Uh, like I said, Curtis Martin to the Jets. Um, yeah, I, I just think I just think this was the best. I think this is the best 10. The best 10 free agent signings of all time. I, I think these are pretty good. I think most people would agree with them. Hey, y'all. What do you mean? Okay, you want some new sportswear? You want some new sports apparel? You want to rep your favorite team? What are you waiting for? Go over to the 47 brand. They have up to a 30% sale right now. Up to a 30% sale right now at the 47 brand. They have your favorite teams. It don't matter what sport, what league. It can be college football. It can be NBA, NFL, MLB, um, NHL. It does not matter. The 47 brand has it. Go over there. Rep your favorite team. Don't miss out on that sale. The 47 brand. So, uh, and, I, you know, I did my list. I like my list. 
I like my list. Some people don't give me pushback, but some people, most people like, most of you guys like my my top 10 list that I come up with. <laughs> most of you guys like it. And um, you come on, you should. But as I said, um, I haven't talked about like all of the free agent signings. There's been so many. Um, New England's been very, very, very active. But um, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a run off a couple as I got right now in front of me. Um, Trent Williams, I was just made aware that Trent Williams, um, he got a new contract, a record-setting contract, the highest-paid left tackle ever, a six-year, $138 million deal with $55 million guaranteed and a $30 million signing bonus. Uh, that was that's, that's pretty big for Trent Williams. Congratulations to him. Um, the Bengals, the former Bengals DB William Jackson, he got a he got a he got a good a nice size deal with with the Washington Football Team. They're paying him fourteen million dollars a year. I think it's a three year deal. Um, they're they're paying him fourteen million dollars per year. Um, Emmanuel Sanders, he took a a a a a, a fair a team friendly deal with the Buffalo Bills. He's signing with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I know Jameis Winston. He got a he got he reached a one year deal with the Saints. I think he's going to be their starter. Um, Corey Davis, f- former wide receiver of the Tennessee Titans, he got a three year, thirty seven and a half million dollar deal, uh, twenty seven million guarantee with the New York Jets. Uh, I know Jason Verrett. He signed a one year deal. Ronald Darby, former Washington. DB last year. He had a pretty good season. Ronald Darby got a three-year, $30 million deal, $19.5 million guaranteed. I know I'm, I, I just sound like a broken record with all these guaranteed dollars and so forth. Um, <laughs> uh, Joe Tooney, Joe Tooney of the former Patriots, now the Kansas City Chiefs, he signed a five-year deal, $80 million. Uh, that was a pretty nice deal. Oh, Corey Lindsley, former Packers center Corey Lindsley, all-pro center. He signed a huge record-setting deal with the Los Angeles Chargers, with the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, also, the Giants, they signed defensive end Leonard Williams or re-signed defensive end Leonard Williams to a three-year, $63 million deal. So that's pretty big for him. Congratulations to those guys. Um, there's many more deals that was out there. Oh, oh also, like I said, John Johnson, uh, former former safety from the Rams. He went to Cleveland. I think he got a three-year deal with the Cleveland Browns. That was a massive upgrade. They had some big time troubles um in that secondary. So hopefully he should be he he's he's a really good safety. So he should they should he should be able to, you know, patch that hole up a little bit. Um, so a lot of these moves aren't surprising. Um, Kansas City, I'm not surprised that they went out and spent money on a guard like Joe Tooney. Tooney, Joe Tooney's pretty good. Uh, I mean, did they overpay for him? Probably, but you look at the you look at the weaknesses of Kansas City, and that offensive line is a glaring weakness. So they need to do whatever to get they need they they need to do whatever to get him. Um, they're in there, and Kansas City is also clearing up cap space. They're restructuring uh, Patrick Mahomes' deal. They're restructuring Travis Kelsey's deal, and so forth. Um, the Chargers, I 
the Packers also, I'm um, sorry, the Packers re-signed Aaron Jones to a four-year deal. I think that was worth 40, $44 million. Um, The Packers, I kind of feel like they kind of messed up with this deal. I kind of felt, I, I thought the Packers should have let Aaron Jones walk and re-sign their center, Corey Lindsley. Uh, Corey Lindsley was the second, he was the second, he was arguably the second best center in football last year. Um, all pro type of guy. Instead, the Chargers went out and signed him. I, I think it makes a lot of sense for the Chargers. They have a young quarterback in Justin Herbert. They want to protect. So that makes a lot of sense for the Chargers. And then once again, Green Bay, I'm just left scratching my head because they drafted a they drafted a running back in the second round last year. They already had that Jamal Williams was a backup running back that they had last year who was pretty productive. And I'm not saying Aaron Jones is not a great player. Aaron Jones is a really good player, and he's been really productive over the last several years. I'm not saying that. But I just thought Green Bay, I mean, if, if with you with Green Bay sign re-signing Aaron Jones, if that was gonna, if that was gonna ultimately not end up in them not re-signing or not being able to re-sign Corey Lindsley, I think they should have made a better option, a better choice. In sign in in letting Aaron Jones go, because the, the I think I feel like offensive. First of all, we saw in the Super Bowl, offensive line is important. You need it. Offensive line is important, and I've been and I've been preaching offensive line, offensive line, offensive line for since I've since I've started this podcast. I have always talked about the importance of the offensive line, but I think now people are seeing even you know people. Fans are seeing from a fan perspective how important offensive linemen are because you watch the Super Bowl and you had Patrick Mahomes absolutely running for his life. So I just thought, and, and now with the in today's NFL, the interior pressure, the, in, the 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 interior pressure that's generated up front, as far as like in the interior, in the middle. It is massive, and it can be. It can just be a total. It can be a total buzz kill to an offense. And I'm not saying the edge rushers don't mean much, but that interior pressure that teams can generate, um, that it's just so important to have a center. And uh, the Packers lost a really, really good one. So I'm left. I'm, I'm left scratching my head there. Also, Bud Dupree, he signed a three-year deal with the Tennessee Titans. Um. It, He's coming off an ACL injury. Um, I like Bud Dupree. He's not like a superstar pass rusher, but he's. I think he could certainly help the Tennessee Titans. That was their big problem last year. They could not get to the quarterback. They could not rush the quarterback. Also, Tennessee got to fix their secondary. I'm looking at Tennessee right now. Tennessee, there's all, and I and I always point this out, but there's always teams that made the playoffs last year that won't make it next year. And the Titans are looking like that team. They're looking like that team that made the playoffs last year, 11-5 and last year, but, you know, they're taking some steps back with losing a couple guys. Their defense is not good. So, I, I, I'm, I, you know, be on the lookout. I think the Titans might be a team where instead of them being 11-5, and they're 9-7, and 8-8. Eight and eight. Be on the lookout for that. Be on the lookout for that. I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. Um 
and I want to go back to New England and Belichick. Belichick, and the, re, and the reason why, and this, this, this is another reason why I like the, the Patriots signings. Because Belichick, he is adapting. And, and Belichick is understanding. And he's and, and with, these, with, with, these, with all of these free agent signings, what he's also telling me, what the Patriots, and what Belichick and what the Patriots are telling me is, they are they are aware of the fact that they cannot draft. They have a hard time drafting skills positions. Like I said, I mentioned it earlier. I mentioned earlier in the pod, but last year the, the the Patriots they moved up. They wanted to draft a couple tight ends. They drafted a couple tight ends, and it did not work out at all. Dudes could not play. The dudes that they drafted cannot play at all. At all. And the last Pro Bowl player that they drafted on offense was Rob Gronkowski. And that's almost been like 10, 11. That's like 10, 11, 12 years ago. So that just shows you the the, the absolute struggles that the Patriots have had drafting skills positions. So I do like the fact that Belichick is admitting. he's not He's not openly saying it. But with these actions, with these signings, he is openly saying, he's openly, not saying, but openly admitting, I cannot draft. I do not draft well, so I'm going to go out and spend money on some offensive pieces, such as Hunter, such as Hunter Henry, um, uh, Janu Smith, I'm, I'm blanking at them, I'm sorry, uh, Nelson Aguilar. He's getting these guys. They're like I said, they're not superstars, but they fit the scheme. They fit the Patriots' way. They're B players. They're they're B B plus players. Like Hunter Henry, when healthy, is it's really good. Janu Smith showed some flashes in Tennessee. He's really good. These are B plus players. Nelson Aguilar, one of the better deep threats in football. He had a bounce back year last year. These these signings, it's not that you know they they're financial financially they're friendly towards the Patriots, so they're not like like massive expensive deals. Um, they 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 fix what they need offensively at the skills positions. Um, I think Matthew Judon is a just I think he's just a player where he's just going to add to the strengths of the Patriots, um, and, and that's defense. But if you look at the offensive signings, these are signings that. Fit the scheme, they fix they fix your lack of playmaking. But also, what if the Patriots don't draft well again? What if the Patriots just they draft some another receiver who just didn't turn out to be you know don't pan out to be what you know what they thought he would be? It's okay because they went out and signed a couple guys. They went out and signed some skill position players. So I do like that, and I think the Broncos. Can do this. The, the Broncos have the same opportunity to do so. Because let's be honest, I like John Elway. John Elway is very smart. John Elway is an all-time great quarterback. And he's very he's a very, very smart guy. And he's had no problem drafting defensive players. That hasn't been the issue. But similar to Belichick and Belichick and the Patriots. The Patriots have not done a great job at drafting skill positions. Well, the Broncos and John Elway, 
They have not done a great job at drafting quarterback. And what is the latest news coming from Deshaun Watson's camp? Yeah. Deshaun Watson, he put out his he put out his top two destinations. The 49ers and the Denver Broncos. Once again, I reiterate, John Elway has done a horrible job. An absolute horrible job at drafting quarterback. Do you guys want me to run off the names? Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch, Brock Osweiler, Case Keenum, Joe Flacco, Drew Locke, Brandon Allen, Jeff Driscoll, Britt Ripton. I'm not saying, and, and they didn't draft, and Elway didn't draft all of these guys. He did draft Simeon. He drafted Paxton Lynch. He drafted Brock Osweiler. He drafted Drew Locke. But he 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 signed Case Keenum as a free agent. He signed Joe Flacco as a free agent. Um, I think he signed Jeff Driscoll as a free agent. Um, and he drafted Brandon Allen. And you know, so some of these guys he drafted, some of these guys he signed. But my point is, John Elway has struggled since Peyton since Peyton Manning's retirement in 2015. John Elway has completely, completely struggled trying to get a quarterback and drafting a quarterback. So instead of drafting a quarterback, Deshaun Watson, who is who is a top five quarterback, Deshaun Watson, top five quarterback, is now he's 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 made it clear. He's interested. The Denver Broncos should be on the phone at this very moment. The Denver Broncos should be on the phone at this very moment. Simple as that. They should be on the phone at this very moment. Because similar to Belichick and the Patriots, they, the Broncos, you know, Patriots can't draft skill positions. The Broncos have not been able to draft a quarterback. The last quarterback that they drafted that was good was John Elway. And they're still looking for his replacement. That was the last quarterback that the, the, that the Broncos drafted that was great. And that was John Elway himself. Since then, no other quarterback. They signed. They signed Peyton Manning as a free agent. Since him, since Peyton Manning's retirement, those are the nine quarterbacks that that that, that have started for the for the Denver Broncos. Those have those have been the those have been the Denver Broncos quarterbacks: Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch, Brock Osweiler, Case Keenum, Joe Flacco, Drew Locke, Brandon Allen, Jeff Driscoll, and Brett Ripton. That says enough. The Broncos should definitely go out and trade for Deshaun Watson at this absolute time, right now. And not only that, not only just the quarterback struggles, but look at the division that the Broncos play in. <laughs> they play in the AFC West. The AFC West. Okay, you have Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid in Kansas City. That's a that's a known fact. They're going to be there. Now you have the Chargers with Justin Herbert. <laughs> He has offensive weapons everywhere, and also they're upgrading their offensive line. And then you have the Raiders with John Gruden and Derek Carr. John Derek Carr is not the Raiders' problem. Derek Carr has been really productive over the last couple of years. So the Broncos at this very moment absolutely, undoubtedly, undisputably, they have the worst quarterback in the division. FYI, you're not going to win a division like that.
you're not gonna be you're not gonna be competitive in a division like that. So with them trying to trade for Deshaun Watson, adding Deshaun Watson, it would do them wonders, not just for their quarterback search, but also how are they going to compete in the division? Deshaun Watson, they must go get him right now at this absolute time, immediately. Let's just shift gears. Um, <laughs> we've been shifting a lot of gears. <laughs> um. So is this some teams in free agency? First of all, I tell people all the time, I like player empowerment. I like it. I like player mobility. I don't, I don't, I, like I said, people think I hate LeBron because first of all, I don't hate LeBron. Secondly, I like the fact that he encourage he encourages player empowerment. He encur- he encourages player mobility. He's he backs that all the way. Because he's done it. And I'm not mad at it. And it doesn't, it doesn't like diminish his legacy. It doesn't make him a bad play, but it's the mere fact that he he started it. And in the NFL, there's this there, there's this same trend where this player mobility, um, I feel like it's starting to creep into the NFL. And it's not bad because it's March Madness and I'm sorry to all the college basketball fans out there. I'm sorry to the college basketball listeners that I have, that I may have. But college basketball has turned into a three-week sport. It's completely turned into a three-week sport. Um, And I swear, I swear I'm going to have college basketball content for you guys. I'm going to have college basketball content for you guys. Probably on the next episode. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But the NFL in the transactions in the free agency, I just I, I need to talk about it. I'm sorry. It's fascinating. It's interesting. I like to see what certain teams are doing. Um, I, I like to see what the trends and the directions with these free agent signings. Sorry. Sorry. But I can't ah college basketball, that is that is what it's become. It, it's that that has what college basketball has become. It's become a three-week sport. It's a three-week sport where for the three weeks, we really pay we really pay attention to college basketball. And even now, I mean, even now, we're talking about college basketball, but uh, you know. Free agency, free agency in the NFL, it's taking over. It's taking over the airways. It's ta- it's taking over the airways, and it's taking over a lot of the talk shows, a lot of the podcasts, a lot of the podcasts. They're not a lot of podcasts out here ain't talking about March Madness. I mean, they're talking about it to a certain degree, but I don't I don't feel the same buzz. I just don't. I just don't. And that's nothing towards college basketball i mean well it is but i I, i'm i'm only saying this because i i I have a couple friends that play college basketball i have a few for i have uh, several friends that play college basketball so i'm not and somebody texts i don't know why people text me while i'm podcasting but uh but um i think uh i I just think college basketball is a three-week sport but as I'm, let's move on. 
let's move on to the Washington football team. Because the Washington football team, they signed Ryan Fitzpatrick as their quarterback. Um, and I'm not saying he's going to be the starter quite yet. But, I mean, judging who judging who they have on their roster at the quarterback position, I would probably I would probably bet that Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be their starting quarterback. And I talked about how Washington Washington has they have a championship level defense. Like the Washington football team, yes, they have a championship level defense, um a defense that's ready to compete. But Wash I don't I just don't understand what Washington is doing at the quarterback position. I don't understand it. Um any so uh, not Andy Dalton, excuse me. That's the Chicago Bears. I don't understand that move either. But Ryan Fitzpatrick for the Washington football team. Yes, he's a he's a veteran. He's an older veteran. He can you know guys can learn from him. But Ryan Fitzpatrick is a career journeyman. He is a career journeyman. In his 17 seasons in the NFL, he's never made it to the playoffs. Do you do you find that interesting? He's never made it to the playoffs in his 17-year career. In his 17-year career as a journeyman quarterback, he has never made the playoffs. Also throughout his 7 throughout his 17-game career, he has never started more than 6 games in a season. So that means he's very injury prone. Also, Ryan Fitzpatrick is hot and cold. I literally have witnessed this guy throw six touchdowns for one in one game, and then in the next game, he throws six interceptions. I kid you not. I kid you not. I'm not lying. I have witnessed Ryan Fitzpatrick throw six touchdown passes in a game, and then and I, I, I witnessed him in another game throw six interceptions. He's hot and cold. The ceiling with Ryan Fitzpatrick as your quarterback is not high. Let's be honest. It's not high. He's a 17-year career journeyman. That's what he is. I mean, he's a cool, he, you know, he's he's pretty funny. He wears some he he wears some ridiculous and hilarious outfits. You know, he got the beard and all that. He went to Harvard. But Ryan Fitzpatrick is a career journeyman. He 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 he, he just is. He's a career journeyman. And if Washington fans think that this is the guy, if they're sold on this signing, good luck. But Ryan Fitzpatrick, like I said, it's nothing against him. But it's just facts. It's facts. I'm speaking facts. He is a, he is a career journeyman. Some games, he's going to look – I'm, and I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. Some games, Ryan Fitzpatrick is gonna look really good. Some games, Ryan Fitzpatrick, you're gonna be like, "Dang, Ryan Fitzpatrick can really play. Like he looks really good. This guy looks really, really good." You know, and and, and he can sometimes throw you into games, and he can sometimes throw you out of games. And then sometimes you look at Ryan Fitzpatrick, you're like, "God, he is. What is he doing? Who who was he throwing to?" That is what Ryan Fitzpatrick is. He is a career journeyman. He's made a career of being a backup quarterback, sometimes coming in and starting, sometimes coming in and giving a team new life. Um, and, and like I said, he'll, and some, sometimes he'll throw you in a game. Sometimes he will win you a game. Sometimes. 
But then other times, the other half of the time, he is going to lose you a game. He is going to throw you out of a game. He sometimes is reckless with the ball. That is who Ryan Fitzpatrick is. And just because he has a good defense in Washington does not mean he's going to change his spots. A, a zebra is not going to change his stripes. A leopard is not going to change his spots. <laughs> and Ryan Fitzpatrick is not going to change who he is as a quarterback because this is who he is as a quarterback. Career journeyman, 17-year career, never made the postseason, uh, hot and cold, up and down. He changes like the weather. <laughs> he cha- he changes more than the weather, actually. Sometimes you're like, wow, he looks really good. Sometimes he looks terrible, god-awful. Sometimes he can have a really good quarter. Sometimes you're like, can we get this guy out of the game? That is what Ryan Fitzpatrick is. And if you're a Washington football team fan, if you're a fan of the Washington football team, uh, just be in, just be prepared to have some highs and lows. Like if you're on any type of medication, be prepared because he sometimes he may like if you have high blood pressure, like if he if you like he's gonna raise your blood pressure. He's gonna raise sometimes he's gonna raise your blood pressure because you're gonna be so you you're either gonna be so excited with the throws that he make, or you're gonna be so pissed because he just threw you out of the game. Simple as that. <laughs> Simple as that. <laughs> That's who Ryan Fitzpatrick is as a quarterback. Career journeyman, um, hot and cold. Here or there. He's hot and cold, here and there. Pick your poison with that. Yep. So, yeah, I don't I, – I just – Washington, I feel like they're wasting their I, – I, I don't know. I feel like they're wasting that defense a little bit because that defense is really, really good. I like the personnel that they have on defense. And they probably have the best overall roster – in the division that they're in, but Dallas got the best quarterback. So Dallas right now kind of, kind of got the edge, but, um, new England, I, I, I hate to keep going back to this point about Belichick, but Belichick has done a great job and he's done. A, and he's done, it's not like he's being frugal, um, with the money. It's not like he's just been overpaying for guys. He, I don't feel like he's overpaying for none of these guys. I, 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 you know, I'm, I can bring up the contracts. You know, can we pull up the the contracts again, Screen Man? Can we pull out the contracts? Uh, because I feel like some of these contracts, they're 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 fairly they're team friendly deal deals. These are all financially, uh, these are all financial deals that 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 help the Patriots financially. Like these deals aren't gonna like these deals are not gonna hurt the Patriots. Two year deal for Aguilar. Two, three year deal for Kendrick Bourne, uh, three year deal for Hunter Henry, three four year deal for uh, Janu Smith, uh, Janu Smith, uh, Matthew Judon four year deal, and and you know I just think first of all, I really like the Matthew Judon signing, the the Smith signing at tight end, Hunter Henry at tight end, at Nelson Aguilar at, at, at receiver. I really like those signing signings. Uh, like I said, Judon, it's going to be, it's going to fit. He's going to fit right into what New England does well. New England always has a, a, a pretty solid linebacking core, uh, and Judon's going to fit right into that scheme. Well, uh, Hunter Henry and Janu Smith, two tight end formation, two tight end set. I got, like I said, it gives me, it, it, it brings me those Rob Gronkowski, Aaron Hernandez days kind of vibes. 
I, I can't I get that same kind of feeling from them. Both talented guys, not as talented as Gronkowski and, and Hernandez, but really, really talented guys um, at the tight end position. And you look at and, and think about this. Cam Newton's best year was 2015. He won MVP. Panthers were 15 and one. Panthers got to the Super Bowl. That was Cam's best year. Guess who his leading receiver was? Cam's Cam Newton's leading receiver in his best career year was a tight end, Greg Olson. So Cam likes Cam's Cam loves his tight ends. New England utilizes tight ends really well. I don't I don't think I don't find it coincidental that Belichick went out and signed two really good two of the best two two of the best tight ends on the market really. He signed two of the best tight ends on the market. I do not find it surprising nor coincidental that Belichick did that. Also, Cam he likes to throw the deep ball. Nelson Aguilar, one of the best deep threats in the league, had a really he had a really good bounce back season with the Raiders last year. Um, he had I think he had six touchdowns, twenty or that was twenty or more yards. So it's not. I think this is. I think Belichick is all. He's getting guys that fit the scheme and that fit the Patriot way, but he's also getting guys that's going to benefit and help Cam. You know. It's going to benefit and help Cam. And, and you guys all know, I'm not huge on Cam Newton at all. I'm not huge on him at all. But I do feel like in year two in this system again, he gets some more time to prep to prep and practice. He has a really good coaching staff around him, led by Josh McDaniels as the offensive coordinator. And now, most importantly, most importantly, he well, not most, well, yeah, most importantly, he has some he had some he got some actual players at the skills positions. At skill, he got some actual players and dogs at skill positions. He had that last year. You can't even name New England's tight end, Ryan Izzo. Like, come on. No, and that's no disrespect to him, but he couldn't, he cannot play. He cannot play. And now New England has guys that can play. New England's going. New England has a solid offensive line, so that'll be that'll be okay. That's still solid. So I feel like Cam's going to be better, and I, I feel like Cam's going to be better. Somebody's calling me, <laughs> but Cam is going to be better. Cam is going to be better with this set of talent around him and with the coaching staff he has in New England. So I feel pretty good. Uh, like I said, I'm going to give you guys more March Madness, more college basketball uh on the next episode i'm sorry i'm sorry but nfl free agency it's too exciting it's way too exciting not to talk about so i had to come on here and talk about it uh the seattle and russell wilson the, the p curl and russell wilson reports that's coming out of seattle is just just i kind of figured it I, I always kind of figured it out I told you guys last offseason that there was smoke. Uh, there was more smoke this offseason, so there's fire. <laughs> Where there's smoke, there's fire. And I told you guys last offseason that that relationship was not the greatest. And don't be surprised if Russell Wilson was to leave Seattle in the next coming years. And 
lo and behold, this offseason, rumors have been flying all over the place. So, um, but if I'm the Seahawks, <coughs> cough, 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 Rodney, Hoods, Rodney Hudson, a really good center, a Pro Bowl caliber center, is on the market. He wants to he he wants out of he wants he wants to leave the Raiders. So Rodney Hood Rodney Hudson, a Pro Bowl caliber center, Pro Bowl caliber center, cough, cough, Seattle Seahawks, go make a move. But without further ado, I'm gonna let you guys go. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the IKP. I really appreciate it. Uh, continue to spread, show love, and spread this podcast and this episode. Show love to this episode. Um, we're doing it big. We're doing it big. Not gonna lie to you. We're doing it big. <laughs> we are doing it big. Um, we're trying to. <laughs> but uh, without further ado, I'm gonna let you guys go. Uh, yeah. Always remember two choices, one decision. I'm out. Peace. Deuces. Gone.